With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, welcome to the matchup zone here. Joined as always by DJ John Hunt. Um, welcome. How's everyone doing? I feel like, uh, John, we were talking about this earlier. I feel like this is like Good Morning America. It's yeah. like coffee. It's like an early show, nine o'clock in the morning. We're, we're, uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how someone who like works for one of those shows does it. Like Sports Center going on at six in the morning. Yeah, well, don't those guys wake up at like like three thirty in the morning to like get to the studios and stuff like that? Yeah, it's like crazy. Like I just, I'm just not. Uh, that's not me. Like I guess I'm a decent morning person, but I, I just, it's tough. It's tough this early, especially with quarantine where everyone's been sleeping until like twelve, and <laughs> suddenly it's like, oh, you're, hey, you're sleeping at twelve, man. How do you get that? My boys wake no. me up at like five oh, no. a.m. They're like ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying like normal people, parents. Yeah, okay. Up and, yeah, little, like there's little no, different. <laughs> yeah, there's no chance that anything is happening prior to, uh, yeah, like eight o'clock, eight thirty is like a normal wake up time. But I'm thinking back when you know, we're we're in school, it's like six thirty is like I'm sleeping in. If I'm if I'm waking like six o'clock, I'm waking up. Yeah, you feel groggy when you wake like, up at like six thirty. You're like, oh my god, how am I gonna get through the day? I got too much exactly. sleep. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, this is ridiculous. Now it's like 8.30. I'm just like, oh, we have a show in a half hour. No, I, so, I, was, I was totally afraid that, like, I was going to sleep in. Or, like, this would be the one day my kid slept in, and I'd be like, oh, shit, we got we to gotta get moving. Uh, like, I got to hook everything up, you know what I mean? So today uh, we're going to have on Trevor Hoffman. Uh, Trevor is a former 12-year professional basketball player, had a few cups of coffee uh, in the NBA, um, went to Kent State, all-time leading scorer in Kent State history, then uh, played overseas for a while, France, Germany, Portugal, um, and now is a head coach uh, for in Belgium, uh, overseas head coach, which is cool because I think there's some kind of interesting things that, uh, as an American, I know I've had a few American coaches overseas. And it's been different because you're so used to like the overseas coaches and then you have an American coach and they're just like you and you're kind of like, what, what is this? So I'll, that's definitely something we'll hit on. I think Trevor, he has a podcast too. Um, and he's been, he'll hit on that as well. We might try to cross contaminate. So he might be asking us questions. We might be asking him questions. We're just going to kind of like flow with it and just kind of go uh, when he hops on. But yeah, he's, he's definitely got a cool story. Um, overseas basketball, uh, for a long time, so I'm sure he's got some crazy stories, and uh, it'll be fun. So when he hops on, we'll we'll get up after that. So did you play with did Trevor? I, I did not. I met Trevor just kind of through the network of uh, overseas basketball, and um, now we like kind of communicate. Uh, and so, you know what? I was thinking this week we might actually. Does it sound like we're actually going to have some actual NBA basketball to talk about at some point in the near future? Was, yeah, that's crazy. Um, NBA starting. I love the thing. See, I'm like. The NBA is crazy because it's like ending this season, which is only a little bit of time, but it's the playoffs. I was excited that baseball seems to kind of like have something that they're kind of agreeing on and they're going in the right direction. So there at least will be like almost like half a baseball season this year. Oh, see, last I heard, I thought baseball baseball was done. Like the players union came back and was like, no, we're out, you know, but something moving again. Yeah. They're starting to, they're starting to get it moving again. So I think that's, that's good because, 
you know, I want, I want to see something. But uh, it's not summer without we, a little bit of baseball, dude. I said there's, it's, 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 like, there's no sports. It's boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and soccer is coming back on. I've been watching soccer, uh, Premier League. You know, Man, Man United plays today. So if anyone's uh, interested in soccer, that's a good one. How about now, tennis? I think the tennis, tennis come back. Tennis coming back, golf like golf was like the the highest rated for golf a golf event. It wasn't even like a major last weekend because it came back and like people were just like, I don't care. It's you gotta throw something. it on. Yeah, throw it on, have a drink out back. You know, like it's, exactly. you just need that feeling again, man. I, I I miss. I was I had tickets to the Phillies game yesterday, and I was like kind of depressed. Like when it came up on my calendar, and I was supposed to go to the Phillies game with a couple dudes, and I was just like, oh, well, I should be at the Phillies game right now. You know, and it was, it was, you know, it ended up being a nice day, rained in the morning, ended up being a nice yeah. day, you know, could have, could have threw back a few, you know, you know, watch what the Phillies were going to be this year. Nope. Not, not happening. Kind of depressing. <laughs> you got, you got nothing. You got out. Well, here's the, uh, what's crazy. Cause I think we, uh, we haven't had a show in a while and I think it all stemmed from, we got hit, uh, we, we were on pace to do a show and we got buried by a storm now, like in the, you know, South Jersey area, really bad storm came through. Nasty. And like it must have came right through the line of direction of like both our houses. Yeah. Cause uh you know, I lost power for a long for a long time, but you had a way worse experience oh, with dude. a tree actually falling on your house while you were broadcasting. I was I was doing uh I've been playing with, with trivia night, right? So I had a bunch of people trivia. It was I think it was the first night I had ever done it. Like I was like, let me try this out, you know, and people were like, Yeah, we want to do it. So I'm like in the middle of like question nine, right? And I didn't even know that it was it was raining, dude. Like, cause I was so in the zone, the music was pumping, we were having a good time. People were like, it was it was great. And all of a sudden, the biggest crack of thunder you could ever hear. Like, I'm like, oh my god, this the lightning must have hit my tree out back. That's how loud it was. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go check and see what's going on out there. And I went over to this window right over here. And literally my entire backyard was tree. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. And then I was like, you know, maybe I should check this out a little bit further. And um, and yeah, so I went out and checked a little bit further. And literally like half my house is like gone. Not half my house, but like a corner of it was like literally gone. So I was like, um, all right, maybe I should shut this thing down and call the insurance company and see if I can get this tree off my friggin' house. Uh, but hey, man, it, it, shit happens. And that's what insurance is for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just got all the insurance and everything kind of figured out. And uh, hopefully starting on um, starting on some repairs next week. We'll see. Nice. But uh, hopefully awesome. no trees I mean, falling on the house today. Well, that's crazy. And uh, Trevor's, Trevor's joining us. Uh, Trevor, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? What's up, Trevor? I can. What's up? So, uh, sorry, sorry, we were just talking a little bit. Uh, we had a serious, yeah, we had a bad storm. So, our you can, producer, you can see the tarp. This this blue window over here is literally a tarp over this side of the house. The tree must have fallen like ten feet above my head right now, and I was in the middle of broadcasting, Trevor, and boom, like I was like, oh shit, you know, and uh, had to shut everything down. But yeah, now we're all tarped up and everything, and. You know, hopefully by next week we're going to get some repairs on this house, man. Uh, I was like, oh, my God. Luckily, my boys weren't home at the time or else they would have freaked out with this tree in my backyard. They thought it was a jungle gym, Kev. Like they were they were like hopping on this tree and jumping all around. I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess you guys are having a good time with this. Well, that's the shit they'll remember. It's like the tree comes down, but they'll, they're like, we're. Uh, do you remember playing. when we had that huge yeah. fort out back? Oh, my God. Exactly. And the yeah, funny like, thing is, like, is, it was only half the tree, Kev. Like the other half of the tree is still looming above my house. I'm going. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At any time, it can it can crash into through the, the <laughs> exactly room. awesome feeling to have. So it's 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 like a thrill ride, you know. At the uh, at the amusement park, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This storm is bad. It hit. Bad. I mean, because we were just talking about how we haven't been on uh, the show in a while because of the whole entire storm and like i lost power for a long time john you know a tree obviously fell in his house so shit got real so we kind of like backed away and wanted to get everything repaired and uh go but you know trevor thank you so much for for hopping on today yeah is my audio okay because i feel like you guys are this wi-fi connection i have in my boys houses 
<laughs> yeah, Trevor, I'm getting you loud and clear, man. So whatever yeah, your broadcast is coming through clear. Good. Okay. So uh, yeah, welcome. It's it's crazy just kind of talking about overseas basketball. There's like a thousand questions I wanted to ask you because uh, just looking at your resume is like insanely cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I always look at like an overseas basketball player's resume after they leave playing and like how successful they are is like the coolest thing. Cause we've all kind of been in the, you know, in the trenches, but then what do you do from there? You have like a lot of stuff going on and that's like the coolest thing in the world. Like you have your, your basketball, you know, uh, lesson training that you do. Um, you're also coaching, uh, overseas, which is crazy. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a, that was a, am I allowed to, is this, is, am I allowed to swear on this? Or what, oh, yeah, what, yeah. What's going up? This for adults. This is for adults. I don't know. Yeah. It's for our 20 fans, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted, this was for like kids and parents, you know, I, I, I can go PG if you guys need me to. No, but we yeah, were talking about a... brass knuckles a couple weeks ago yeah. and some of the crazy shit that happens overseas with Kevin. We're going to do a whole special on, on Kevin Owens and the crazy stuff he did back in the day. So feel free to join us for that in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh man. I wanted to be on that episode. Not really this one. Weird. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I got into a lot of stuff after pro hoops. I think mostly because my dad raised me to be a a psycho. You know, he was like the dad that was giving me uh, liver dissectate when I was twelve years old because he heard that liver dissectate helped. Uh, you know, rats live, have more endurance in a swimming pool. And I was like, what? So, you know, like that was my childhood. I was essentially like a test, a big experiment for my dad to see if I could, he could get me to, to play uh, college basketball. I think that was his only goal because he, he played at Albion in Michigan okay. State. And my uncle played with Magic Johnson. So you could see how there's a little bit of pressure on me as a kid to get, you know, my dad was like, we got to have the best cut, you know my son will be the best in the family. And uh, I took it pretty literally, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I think I just love, I love, I love every, now for me, it's just getting, helping people develop with, with the game of basketball. You know, the Huffman club is a online training club I'd created. It's the swish house is for, you know, fat adults like us that can't do anything, but uh, you know, find a way to work out with a basketball in our hands. So I liked the idea, and then, and then obviously coaching overseas was was a fluke. They just offered me a job. I felt like Steve Kerr a little bit, like, uh, I don't have any experience. I just want to let you guys know that, you know, going in. That's crazy. But, so That's like, that's, uh, that's like the most interesting because that's like, yeah, coming in and just getting, a, getting that job overseas, what was like that first experience? Like, what were you – how did you like address the team for the first time where you're just like, Hey, you know, like, I feel yeah. like I would be terrible at that. Just I'd come in and be like, Hey gang, like, what's up? Like they're fucking professional basketball players. I'm like, <laughs> talking to them like I'm they're, like little kids. Oh man. It is. It, it, it was weird. Everything was weird about it. Cause it, you know, it's, it's like the first time you do anything. It's like that first time you, you know, you go in for that kiss with this. I don't know what grade you guys you know, got lucky, but I got lucky in like sixth grade. And I was like, wow, wow what just happened? You know, like I was felt really awkward. Uh, hey guys, I'm your coach. Um, I don't have any systems, but we're going to figure it out. You know, I think I, I kind of came at it from a point of like maybe too much vulnerability, you know, like I, I actually, am, um, I have a lot of great ideas and I, I need you guys to help me see if they work. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off 16 and 0, which was pretty awesome. Wow. That's awesome. <clears throat> Typically, you don't want that kind of start as a first year yeah. coach. Uh, you, you know, I, I wished that there had been a little more adversity. And um, but you know, it was it was cool. Like the guys were great. I think if you have if you can recruit the right players, mm-hmm. you you know you, you the right culture. You know, I, I read a lot about the Spurs, and you know, sense of humor is one of the biggest values they look for in their next. You know, when they're recruiting college players. And so I got to pick three players for my team out of, you know, I had basically 12 guys, nine guys already picked, uh, you know, which sucks as a coach. Cause you're like, you know, I'm going to run a ton of pick and rolls. I want to pick and roll people to death. That was yeah. my, I, you know, that's the type of player I was. I wanted, you know, I wanted guys that could just read and make plays off pick and rolls and then have some athletes on the wings and 
um, we didn't have that genetic makeup. We, I was, I went Montenegrin. I went like, I got three Montenegrin guys. We were the most technical, big, slow team in the league. But, you know, we, I think the, the city of Alst, that the club, you know, we really um, had a great, like the culture of the team was fantastic. The sense of humor was pretty good. And that's what they wanted me to do. Alst wanted me to come in and kind of rebuild that, that sense of community and, and uh, fight, fighting spirit, which is what when I played there we had, you know, so. That's crazy. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. I just, and thinking about like imports too, uh, you know, you, we've been in that situation where you come in, I've had a few American coaches like during my time and it's always been such a different experience when you kind of hop in as an import and suddenly your coach is also American. Um, it's it just, it's a different feel. It's, it's, you know, I feel like there's more relate relatability and I think it's better, mm-hmm. uh, better relationship that you see, kind of see that with, you know, your, your American guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I loved, so there's, there, there's a distinct cultural difference between coaching Americans and coaching Montenegrin, Serbian, Croatian, kind of Balkan uh, type players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one is volatility. <laughs> uh, the volatility of a Balkan player and not all of them. I'm not, I'm not, I had, you know, uh, they're just super competitive yeah. to the point that it takes over a practice where one foul, like one foul can turn into it can ruin the whole practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I say that because they just, they just, you know, they just get so like emotional uh, into their, into their emotional state. And I don't know if that's genetic or, or that's just the way they were raised and taught in their system, you know, like an American player is like, all right, yeah, we, we just keep your cool. You know, uh, this guy's followed me hard. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, you know, check it back up and, 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 and win, you know, win, I'm going to get a bucket on him, you know? And yeah. uh, it's just a completely different mentality. While they were just like, I will, f- I will fight you motherfucker. I will, I will, f- <laughs> let's go. And I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa guys. Like it was just a hard foul, you know, let's just check it back up and keep playing through this. So, it, you know, it was just this completely different cultural thing. And then you got the Belgians, the Belgians are like, I was just, I always made fun of even at the end of my coaching, I I was essentially like, I felt like I was their point guard as a player. And I would just, Mm -hmm. I would just talk to them. Like I would talk to guys on my team when I was playing. And I was like, listen, we can't have any Belgian softness here. You can like grass fed butter in here, you know, just like we need you guys to toughen up, lift some weights, get a little stronger. If you are a little bit stronger, you'd stop getting posted up, Dorian. You know, like I, I'm able to say stuff like that. But you know what? They, they, I think they appreciated that. They lived. They actually started lifting weights. I had my Belgians lifting weights, which I thought was a huge win for me. Oh, that's a huge win. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, like and I had, a, I had, a, I had them doing a, a, a power clean. Can you imagine wow. a Belgian that has never lifted upper body in his life? doing a like hang hang clean <laughs> it, was, it was great i was so that was, proud that was like my proudest moment that is that is a real i mean there's i you kind of talk about like the different territories and different parts of europe like i played in kosovo which is like a yeah. shit show and like you talk about those balkans like i saw it at practice and then you would see it like crazy shit in the you know with the fans like they were so oh, competitive yeah. the fans that like they're just throwing shit on the court and they're like well you know, you're throwing shit on the court. I'm going to break glass and throw shit on the court. And you're like, well, it's not a fucking competition to hurt me. Like you guys are just watching a game. It's like, they're just, it's so crazy. But like you said, like some of those young guys and like some of the other, like more, you know, developed European places, they just, they, they're a little, you know, more like cupcake, you know, they just didn't have that, that toughness yet, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah. What was Kosovo? Like, I can't even imagine. Well, like I, I always describe Kosovo because um, I left the airport. First off, I got there. My luggage was like confiscated by the police, but I didn't know that. I was just standing there by the conveyor belt. Nothing was happening. No one was telling me anything. There was no one in the airport. I was by myself. There's two armed guards staring at me like with guns. And I'm like, 
So then finally, the, this guy came up. He's like, where's your bag? I, I take you. And I was like, I don't know. And then he went and yelled at the cops, and they brought my bags out from a back room. I'm like, what just happened? I was like, that's just crazy. And then we got in the car, started driving, and we pulled away from the airport, and like, we went onto a dirt road. I'm like, this is like the major airport. Like, what is happening? That's when you know you're screwed, Kev, when you go on the dirt road. (laughs) I said, like, all of a sudden it was like, and we're like on a dirt road. I was like, what? I like put my hand on my, I was like, why did I do this to myself? I was like, where am (laughs) I? Year one? Is this year one? No, this is like year, this is like year eight for me. Like, but so it was, I've already been to a lot of Even worse. That's what I said. I was like, I've been to like really good places. I've been to Australia and like New Zealand and, even like, you know, all these like really nice places. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what? Like, this is just insanity right now. Like, I don't even know oh, what to man. say. That's the best sound effect. You're like, yeah. look around like, what is that? Are they dumping my body already? That you're not, you're not as tall as you said you were. They're going to dump your body. Yeah. That's it's just like, it was just like, just dropped off. And I really did that. Cause I was so, still so concerned as to like, I was like, almost like, did they go through my luggage? What did they steal? I had a yeah. PlayStation in there, so I was kind of like thinking about that, and I was like a, pe- a pound like, of heroin in the, in there, exactly. <laughs> using exactly. it as a mule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to drive it into downtown Pristina, it was crazy. Kosovo was crazy, and it's like funny because I feel like, like you were saying, these people are like super. I do think their loyalty is like so high. I do uh, mm-hmm. like some of those those Balkan regions, like they're very loyal people and they're good people they just are crazy like they're just they're yeah just, the competitive nature is nuts and i think they just they go off the handle sometimes and i'm like what the? like it was just that was my whole entire experience every crazy experience i had of like the top five playing overseas like four of them happened to go smell yeah that that's was insane fun. yeah I, I couldn't imagine i haven't been to croatia or anything and yet i I've ended up with three, you know, bulk. I had a, I had a Croatian and two Montenegrins and, um, you know, they, they, I had, I had been warned not to do that. Do not get more than one. Cause they'll gang up on you. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I've never, I've always, I've played with a few of them. You know, they were always nice guys, super competitive, really. You, like you said, loyal, hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I wouldn't have traded it. I wouldn't trade any, any of the, the uh the balkans away um yeah i i thought i thought if i had given if i had carte blanche to build that entire roster out of it we would have won a championship that's what i i thought mm-hmm. even even with my first year bad coaching woes um you know like you i learned really quickly that i didn't have a defensive mm-hmm. system that made any sense you know i've been out because i was out of the game for like four or five years wow. you know so the they're like you know, they're getting, they're getting through four ball screens in an offense. Now, you know, you got your first yeah. decoy ball screen, you got a zipper into a ball screen followed by, you know, and the guys are just running all over. But I was like, Holy shit. Like I would have loved this by the way, if I had gotten to play in this type of offense. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I had to catch up really. And um, yeah, maybe you didn't know this. I actually stepped down as the head coach. Like um, we were in a, we were about to go to the final four. And I lost my captain, my backup point guard, my foreman to injury. We lost like four out of five, five out of six. I lost three games by one point. And I remember feeling so devastated. Like I had let my team, like, I think this is the hardest part about coaching. You feel like a platoon leader in Vietnam and you, Uh and like, you're losing, if you lose games, I typically, I, I, you know, as a player, you can like bounce back, you can get in the gym, you can practice, you can bring it in, you know, in the next practice, you can take as many shots as you want if you're the man in the next game you know so as a coach you just feel more responsible and so that was like the toughest part for me was accepting like all right I gotta I gotta do I gotta do better my practices suck or you know like our our defensive you know philosophies is not good but you know maybe I made the wrong wrong calls on who to help off of and stuff and you know so that that was really hard but I, I also felt like I didn't you know, I didn't get to build my assistant coaching staff. Like I would have hired yeah. an assistant coach that had 20 years of, you know, 30 years of head coaching experience. Somebody to just mentor me. I'm big into mentors. And yeah. so I didn't, I didn't have any of that. I, I had, uh, you know, and the assistant coach basically wanted to take my job and that's what the wow. players were starting to, 
the, the the players were telling me this, like, hey, man, he's he is gunning behind the do- behind closed doors. This guy's, you know, he's not doing the right stuff. He's not supporting you. And I'm like, yeah. So I was like, listen, I, I felt the pressure from management when we lost four. You know how it goes. If you lose four or five, four out of five in Europe is like basically not winning your first 17 games in the NBA. Like somebody, yeah. somebody needs to get chopped. Somebody's got to go. So uh-huh. they were basically like, you, you know, either, you know, tell us how you feel. So I was like, well, this is how I feel. I know what's going on. And, and they had interviewed all the players. So they basically left me with like, do you want to be the head coach? And I was like, you know, I don't want to be the head coach with this assistant behind me. Uh, I would prefer to have a mentor, kind of somebody that if you guys do bring somebody in, you want me to step, you know, kind of move me to the side. I, w- I would love to learn from somebody that has, you know, a lot of experience. So yeah. that's what they d- ended up doing. And, uh, the unfortunate part about that is I actually, we were a game away from the fun. We were going into the final four for oh. the, uh, for the cup. And they brought the, like me thinking, Oh, they're going to let me coach this next week. You know, let yeah. me finish up my, my fucking cup championship <laughs> that I got that we're about to get to. And I was really, I was feeling really confident we could get there. And it, it they were like, yeah, no, this new coach is coming in this week, Monday. And he took over and we got killed in the cup in the final four and we had beaten Charleroi who's like a top Belgian team we'd beaten him four times already with me and I was like I just shaking my head like he's doing stuff that you know mistakes offensively especially that I was you know like because he just didn't know the players you know yeah. he didn't know what they do yet so that's crazy I, I regret that and yeah uh, would you ever go back over and give it a shot with another team I don't know. I mean, uh, I would say right now I'm, I'm, I'm mostly just want to travel out of an RV <laughs> with my dog bear. Like, I don't want to, I was so stressed out all year. Like, I, I think for me, I just want to, I love, I love traveling, coaching kids and, and, you know, I got just the Swish house stuff is, it's really fun for me because, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm basically working with the general public of yeah. basketball. But there's no stress. Like awesome. they're just so excited to they're just so excited to to get coached and also get you know try to get fit in a yeah. way that's completely different. So it, it just feels so altruistic, uh, you know, almost like they're just they, they like I had more Swish House guys check on me this year coaching than my own friends. They're like, <laughs> oh man, tough loss, coach. You lost by one, and they're like Swish House members. You know, like, that, and I was just like, you guys, you guys need to get a fucking life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop following my coaching. I've, so, you know, like, so it was, it was cool though. You know that, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of vibe you get with the, you know, giving back and doing something like Swish House. You just get this kind of community driven basketball community that yeah. you know, like some guy will wear like a Pepe Sanchez Jersey. And you're like, what? <laughs> that's badass. What did you like a temple find? temple jersey? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, temple, that's like, great. It's just the stuff that comes out in these classes, you know. Uh, do you get like so, do you get like headbands and stuff like that? Everything, dude. Everybody's like mocked up, like yes, like sleeves and stuff. Oh, sleeve. yeah. Everybody has a shoot Iverson shooting sleeve. You find guys that have like the retro shoes, you know, that they've been holding on to for, you know, 10 years and they wear oh, yeah. it to a switch out class. You're like, what? Those are worth $4,000. And you're like, just pimping them out in a switch house class for everybody. And you're like, they can't be comfortable to work out in, by the way. That's like crazy. Like that, even with a Jordan documentary, like people wearing like old Jordans, he's like, these shoes suck compared to what's yeah. out there right now. Yeah, that's they're like just completely flat. They're like your foot's on just a <laughs> sucks. The arch is collapsing. That's like the coolest thing just to think about. You know, like these guys just want to play basketball, and I love that switch house aspect of it. We're just guys just uh-huh. want to play basketball, and that would be my favorite thing because these guys are obviously coming on and trying to get better, and you don't want to laugh, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like being where we've been, you're just like. Like, but like the, for a normal guy, this is their chance. Like, this is their chance yeah. to go out there and like be their stars. Like, we're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> well, and like, where else as an adult? I mean, imagine you, imagine you chose a different sport. You'd never yeah. played basketball, but you loved playing in middle school and high school. Maybe you got cut, 
but you chose something else. You know, I, I loved soccer growing up, but I chose basketball. So yeah. like if you gave me the chance to go kick around a soccer ball and have somebody teach me scissor moves and like all the, you know, I'd be like oh, a yeah. kid in a candy shop, you know, even if I suck. Yeah. I, but, that, but that's the whole part. I think they love the fact that somebody's like telling them what to do. It's almost like fantasy basketball camp. Yeah. Like if you go to, if you could go to like coach K's fantasy basketball camp, how fun would that be when he tells you to box out, you soft piece of shit, you know, like, you're like, yeah, coach K, I got you. Whatever you know, you like want. that's a, yeah, you're diving on the floor. Like, I mean, coach K has fantasy basketball camps for adults. And I'm like, swish house is essentially that, but just yeah. in a little different, little different template. Like all we care about is, you know, getting in shape and we do a shooting channel, you know, all sorts of fun, skill challenges and little team competitions where you're running you know so i think people can really get you know shit i burned i burned a thousand calories and i ran five miles in a swish house class when i was in good shape wow and uh, i would never go run five miles on a treadmill i tell you that sure yeah so yeah people like it and and that's it's been a cool startup and so you know i think that i'll I'll kind of be traveling around in my van with my dog and and uh, i'll hopefully be able to help some swish house communities and then you know That's maybe so start cool. doing crack i don't know maybe i'll just start like a drug <laughs> something i give you there's gotta be something to keep <laughs> us going <laughs> i need some adversity i want some adversity just to kind of get me you know get me tougher build character i think i feel like if i was in like like you said soccer like if i went to like a baseball fantasy camp there's yeah, like there's a hundred percent chance that I'd be wearing like the Philly fanatic Bryce Harper like headband. There's no chance I wouldn't. It would be one hundred like having. <laughs> I'd be I'd be going all out. I'd be is baseball. Be, you're is that the game that you were like, man, I love this. Yeah, I like grew up playing baseball. I I like you know played and uh, loved playing. Like it was in my family, so baseball was like my my shit. I just got really tall, and like I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll play I basketball. A, and like a six foot nine uh, Kevin Owens shagging fly like, balls, dude. Oh no, it was like I was like Randy John. I was like played first base because they stick every tall person over there, which is the dumbest yeah. shit in the world to me because they're like they do that? because they think that there's like a wider range when there's people throw the ball that you're able to like catch it. The extra, but there's also like, extra two inches, man. Yeah, but they always, like, my arms were longer, but I was also, like, there was, like, a, they would fucking jam me up all the time. And then, like, I was, too, it was, like, when you threw it perfectly, which you should, it would be, like, fuck, like, because, like, I could reach for it. But when you threw it perfectly, it was, like, all jammed into my, like, oh, there was just too much of me. And I was, like, uh-huh. I would drop the ball, and then people would get mad at me. I was, like, this sucks. <laughs> so then I would go play basketball and miss the lab and people get mad at me. I'm like, yeah, I, like that's when I probably should have just gone and done crack. Like just like been like on my app. And then Michael so, Jordan did I'm, it, right, Kev, when we were growing up and you were like, Oh, I can play baseball. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'll do it. Like why not? Yeah. That's crazy. The best athlete in the world picked it up. That's 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 like the craziest shit. Like the the fact and like the, the 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 actual real coaches, like Terry Francona, who's like stuck with us, he would have made it. Like that, I don't think he was bullshitting. Like Terry, they, I feel like real baseball people wanted him to fail to be like, this shit is not easy. And yeah. he was so good at it that it almost was like, yeah, he could have done it, which is nuts. I That's felt nuts. like the same thing happened with uh, what's his name, uh, the the religious quarterback. What was it, Tebow? Right? Uh, is, yeah. is he still playing on a minor league team somewhere? And he like basically be. everyone's like, no, you can't play, you can't play, you can't play. I was like, the dude's an athlete. Like he'll yeah. find a spot, you know. And especially if you played like in high school, like there's some guys. Like I think about basketball. How many guys, like football players, like Miles Austin went to college where we, where I did, and played for the Cowboys for a while. And Miles was such a good football player, but he was also a really good basketball player. Played in high school, and he would train with us in the off season uh, at college. And he was better than guys who were on scholarship for us, but he couldn't do it because so like those kind of scenarios are crazy because if he's stuck with basketball, he could be playing professional basketball, but he's stuck with football. And, you know, it's, it's, these guys have it in them. They've been playing their whole life and yeah, it's a it's, it's little, it's nuts. I, I got a story too. Uh, I, I, in the college I played with Antonio Gates transferred in. From- oh, wow from God knows where, I don't even know where he was, where he transferred in from. I didn't ask questions. Um, he showed up in an Escalade. No, that's not true. He, he, Antonio Gates is, 
uh, one of the best basketball players I've ever played with. Really? Um, in person. He's 6'4", had a 40-inch vertical, Golden Gloves boxer in high school. So his hands were just lightning quick. He could catch everything through it. You know, like you get, yeah. you, you throw some bad, you throw some hopeful passes as a point guard, you know? Yeah. And your big man doesn't catch it. You look at him, you glare at him. You're like, come on, dude. That was right mm-hmm. in your pocket. You know, but it was so much mustard on it. Nobody could have caught it. But he caught uh-huh. that shit. Like he wow. caught it and then finished it. And uh, I just remember playing with him thinking like, God, like he went to Michigan State to play football and they didn't, you know, like they basically like got, they wouldn't let him play basketball because of the football. So he's like, I'm gone. I'm out. So then he transferred, he transferred, he transferred. He had, I think he, he was basically just floating around in JUCOs for four or five years and finally uh, showed up at Kent. But I just remember watching him play football and I was just like, it doesn't, it makes so much sense that he can go out there and do that. Um, you know, because of what I saw him do on the basketball court, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, especially a position like that, a big guy, a big, a big guy that can cut out, cut and move and jump can do shit like that. So (laughs) I wish my, you could talk to my dog and he would listen like that. (laughs) I have a dog that's 98. He's turning 14. He's just shitting everywhere. Doesn't even care. I was about to say, is it, I remember my, I had a dog that was like old and it just, the, yeah, it just started like just going wherever it was kind of like, and, yeah. and he just does, he doesn't care how fat, like he used to just get his business done. Now he yeah. kind of just like, now he just kind of looks back at me and he's like, it's not coming out. It's not coming out. And you know, I'm like, dude, you're 98, take your time. And then yeah. I, I got him in Belgium though. He's a Belgian Jack Russell. Oh, you got wow. a Belgian, you got a Belgian passport. Just imagine if you got a puppy in Kosovo. What would you know? Would wow. you have brought it back? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's right. like, I feel like that's the craziest thing uh, when you have. Like I almost brought my dog. I had a dog when I was playing, and when I went to Poland, I was going to bring it, but then I got released beforehand. So you know, I was like, fuck that. Uh-huh. I went back to the D League, but uh-huh. it came with me there i want tried to bring it to australia but like australia they said there's like quarantine laws so like it would have to be quarantined for like 90 days and i was like so i'm gonna fly this dog on a 24-hour trip get her there in a cage and then she's going to be quarantined for like two months and then i get her back and then she has to come back and then be quarantined when she comes back. i was like whatever i was like mom can you watch the dog for nine months yeah right yeah thank god for good moms out there seriously yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, John, how how we doing? Kids are kids are going crazy. <laughs> they're they're okay. <laughs> I don't think any of their stuff is coming through the podcast. So if you guys hear me yelling, <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're all you good. separate. You just separate the audio file from. Well, it's it's interesting. So we're taking the Zoom, but everything is running through the uh, the actual um, board over here. So when I actually when that's going on, I just mute all the uh my microphones and stuff so we should be good i hope all right i like <laughs> it. it looks like you got a freaking dj station over there are you a uh is that a also a, a mixed table or is i don't know no, that's, if that's, that's like the, the new age digital turntables yeah i, I have a, a dj business um so i'm a teacher but on that's the awesome. side you gotta gotta make that money on the side so a little dj business happening um uh, you know it's kind of shut down nice. right now but uh just the other day, I started yeah. getting some phone calls, so hopefully we'll be back in business in hopefully July-ish. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll see. I hope the world starts back up. How is, uh, you, what city are you guys in? Like, are you guys both in the same city or different city? Like, yeah, like Cherry Hill area. So, like, it's right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. We've been, kind of, you know, we got hit with the storms, but it's, you know, that's why we're all Philadelphia, like. Sports fans, Phillies, yeah, yeah. Eagles. We're like the dickheads that everyone hates. Yep. We're like <laughs> those. You guys those are people. easy to hate. Yeah, it's like it's tough. It's tough, you know. When and it's crazy because like even playing, you get a different rep when you're from Philly. Like people think like Philly's like you know Rocky, and that's what they know of Philly. That like they're crazy, they're nuts. So mm-hmm. like every time I've been somewhere, people would be like, "Oh, where are you from?" And like they'd be like, "Oh shit, he's crazy." Yeah. 
and like meanwhile it's just like me like hey how are you like the nicest guy and they're just You're like the kindest philadelphia fan in the world <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're like this guy's gonna hurt me and i'm like hey do you need help up and they're like something's gonna happen he's gonna fucking <laughs> not my yeah. please don't hurt me <laughs> You take a charge and you're like, my bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I just love that when somebody takes a charge and they apologize to you. You're like, what? Yeah. They're all like, right. Oh, all right. I always, that's like the, there are so many people, uh, and it was especially, in, well, see, I was probably that guy in high school because I was like, you know, I weighed 190 pounds and I was 6'10. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was, that, I always think about like in high school it was so hard because I was so fucking skinny and I was so awkward that like, I didn't know how to handle my body. And I was also kind of like, like being that tall people, you see that you're tall, but like, I was like, like people can just pick me up and throw me around. I weighed 190 pounds. Like kids were like six one and weighed a hundred and 200 pounds. And I was like, right. it was just, it was, it sucked being that tall and that skinny. Cause I didn't have that toughness because I was like, I didn't want to get my ass kicked. Like, and I was like too long and stupid to do anything about it. So it took like lifting weights to like, kind of figure out like, Oh shit, I'm bigger than you now. Yeah. Like get out of my way. Yeah. Like now I I came into college at two fifteen, and they put me on a diet. I came in like, I came in like CrossFit's ideal candidate for the, you know, to win the world. Like I thought that's what D one sports were. I came in, I had like, I had like the neck and I was like, Hey, Carl, I'm ready to think defend. I'll defend anybody. You know, I had one scholarship. So I was just like lifting. Like I was on, I mean, I was basically taking like, you know how like creatine was huge back. Oh in the yeah. Yeah. Dude. I think I was just ingesting. So just not unhealthy amounts of creatine. Like I was bloated, but I mean, I was throwing around weight at even coming in as my freshman year. Cause I thought that's what I needed to do. Like, yeah. And then I realized pretty quickly that uh, that's not that's not good. Like I was like a Mack truck trying to chase around like you know these these inner city guards. Like my buddy, you know, one of my friends, Andrew Mitchell, is from Detroit. Uh-huh. He weighed like he was like 150. One of those water bug guards, you know, that can yeah. just, just go forever and like fast, quick, explosive, still really strong. So even though I was I could outweigh him, he still somehow like deboed me. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> So they put me on a diet. I had to lose. I I got and I played at 180. So I I dropped wow. some serious. I, a lot of muscle mass came off me, and that really helped. That saved me actually because I did do opposite of what you were doing. Yeah, because that's like exactly the opposite. I had to gain weight, and then I think my ideal playing weight when I was like playing, you know, when I finally started playing pro, like, like my ideal weight was like 240, 240 mm-hmm. to, to 240 to 250. I was mm-hmm. strong but I was like able to move like cause yeah. I always, my whole game was I was 195 and I had to be quicker than all the big football players in high school that they would just be like, here, go guard him. You're like stronger than him. And I would just have to like spin off him and be quicker than them. And it was yeah. just, like, there's the, what's the, there's a dude. And I, he reminds me so much of myself. Like, especially he like dunked one time and fell on his back. There's this, like, he's like the number <laughs> one recruit in high school his name's like chet or chet something and he's super long oh super skinny and like he's all 11 white kid yeah 611 white kid yeah. really skinny like I've really awkward looking but like that mm-hmm. i was like oh that's but like that's what i had to do you had to be quick and then i was like you know once you get to college <clears> like you can't you can't be banging with these dudes at at like yeah. one, 200 pounds like they would just abuse me so I don't don't you think now though the game has changed like if you had well maybe I don't know like if if you you know like those kids now that are learning how to dribble at 611 like yeah they're good off like a KD you know they have that KD skill set do you think you would have, have been ever able to to develop that skill set stay your same weight or like that 200 to 210 range yeah. or you know and kind of play that position well in, in today's game? I feel like uh, yeah, that's what I probably would have had to been. I mean, you know, we kind of played – how old are you now? I, I'm, I turned 41 on uh, some day soon. I don't even – June 22nd, what day is it? Okay. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I just turned 40, like, the other – like, you know, a few weeks ago or last week. So, I, we're, like, in the same era. So, I think about, like, 
we kind of were brought up in like the shack era and like mm-hmm. you it was like that's what coaches knew and they're like every team's going to have a Shaquille O'Neal who's just going to be a big dude who's just going to like bang you around so that's mm-hmm. kind of like I kind of they're like well you need to put on weight but you need to be able to like take him outside and mm-hmm. you know make him pay run the floor do those things but I think about like the KDs and stuff like I just didn't have like the I guess I had I was quicker than you know for like a white guy, like six ten white guy, I was pretty quick, but like I just couldn't keep up with the with the today's game in terms of like stuff. And I always think yeah. about like I just I played in the right era, although I mm-hmm. think like in the eighties I probably would have made it the NBA, uh, yeah. because you know it was like Bill Lambeer. Like I was like, Fuck. like I I watched yeah, like that. They played like, straight up and down. They'd yeah. Like, exactly. Like if you watch the old tapes, you're like, does anybody ever like get into an athletic stance or like they, you know, they go off the dribble and you're like, they're just standing straight up. Everyone is standing straight up. When I watch like the eighties and nineties, but even like, like the stuff from like the fifties and sixties, the guys are like underhanding, throwing the ball in and it's like going in and they're just like MVP. Like, you're like yeah. what is this? <laughs> That's great. The, um, did you play against Shaq? I was confused. Did you actually guard Shaq? No, I never, I never guarded Shaq. The, I guarded Kobe, but not really guarded. Okay. He dunked on me. <clears throat> but uh, That's I guarding, like, in my opinion. Yeah, like I helped off and tried <laughs> to jump with him for some reason. And he and when I was in high school, and he just like, let me have it. Uh, lower Marion, right? He went to Lower yeah, Marion? Is that... He went to Lower Marion, and we played like a summer league Sunny Hill thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the kind of like the high school summer league for Philadelphia. And, and I played against him there, and he, uh, he got me good. What? How did Philly respond to his tragedy? It was crazy. I, I, I was just talking to someone and they're like, what was the biggest celebrity death of your life? And I was like, it's Kobe 100%. Because like, I felt like it was weird because I played against him, but I didn't like know him like personally mm-hmm. at all. But uh, just the, I think that was like the biggest shock because Philadelphia, like he like stood for everything. He was like tough, you know, like didn't put up with any crap. So like, I always looked at him, like I always said, like, you know, it's Kobe, it's Jordan. Um, Those are like the two. And I kind of like, you know, LeBron's got to be in there, but I always said like Kobe is like one of the top players like ever to play. And uh, just when he died, I like didn't believe it. It was like, I think a lot of Philadelphia people were like shocked. Like we just didn't, it was like, I didn't even know what to do. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, I was I was in Belgium coaching when I when the oh, news came man. and I was like, no way, yeah, no way, no way. Yeah, like that's what I said. No way. That's TMZ shit. Yeah, I I thought the same exact thing because a friend of mine texted me. I was like doing a basketball workout or I was like at practice, I think, and someone texted me and was just like, Kobe died, and I was like, okay, dude, like what is wrong with you? And then I saw the thing, and they're like it could be. And I was like, well, he definitely survived. Like, you know, if something happened, like they're just, everyone's speculating. Like there's, he's just going to like walk out and be fine. And then mm-hmm. when like it really came, I was like, that's like, it, it like took like a, a week or two for me to leave. Like I've never, like, I, you know, I've had lost people in my life, but I was like, that was like almost worse. I was like, it, it, like I couldn't even like think about anything else. I was like, this is crazy. Why am I doing this? I didn't know the dude. Yeah, that exactly. You don't know the dude, and you're like, why? Why does this feel so like I did know him? You know, I felt yeah. like I felt like I knew Kobe because we're the same age, right? I mean, we're all mm-hmm. we all. I mean, I could. I remember watching him just kind of go, you know, to the pinnacle of the sports world, which is where we all wanted to go as kids, and mm-hmm. uh, he did it. And then you're also you felt like you know him. You knew him, you know, especially as he had the you know, like the stuff with the girl and the rape case and all that yeah. assault, you know, charges and all, you know, and then everything, you know, everything happens and you're still like, you know, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan. I'm not from Philly. Like mm-hmm. there was a part of me that was like, it was just purely seated in jealousy. And also like this guy's so confident, cocky, you know, uh-huh. from the outside watching him, you're just like, but you know, when he, when he, uh, when, when he passed, it was just like, man, I love that guy. I love how he competed. I love how, I love how he bounced back from all his adversity, you know, even outside the game. I love how, you know, he challenged the world and, you know, and and you see all the stuff that he did, you know, come just came to light for me. And I was, that's when I was like, God, 
I got to start like looking at why I don't like certain things about certain people or athletes. Mm-hmm. And be like, I got to really kind of examine that because I, I, you know, I need to appreciate guys that are uh, still playing, you know? Yeah. And so I, that's how I felt about it. Kind of reframed my. I, I feel like the same, um, kind of what you're saying, the same thing happened. Uh, like I didn't like Jordan growing up. Like I, I wasn't a Chicago Bull fan and I almost hated the fact that they kept winning. I was like, I hated the Bulls. Like I liked Dennis Rodman, but I like did not like the Bulls. They kept winning. They kept winning. And it, it was like, I was like, fuck with Jordan. Like everyone, all the, all my rich friends, like all had like the Jordans and stuff. I couldn't afford them. I was just sitting there like this sucks. Yeah. So I always like disliked Jordan until like he was done. And like, I started appreciating and then, you know, watching the last dance, you're like, this is, this is like, you, you, you find that, you, you know, like the, the love kind of comes back and you're like, this guy was the shit. You can appreciate it in a different way. Yeah. When you see that, sh- that, that sh- documentary. For you. <laughs> so I've only uh, watched two episodes, by the way. Is that really, is that weird? Yeah. No. I was going to watch them all together. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first two and then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to just binge watch. I like to binge. Yeah. Same. So, I'm like, yeah, we, we were talking about that, like quarantine binging, like what's the best thing. I was going to say, how do you, how do you have anything left to watch at this point? I was about, yeah. <laughs> Nothing left. I'm waiting for trolls too to come into my browser. Cause yeah. I, that's really hot, hot right now with all the kids. And Absolutely. Like, oh yeah. I got to know. You got to relate. You You're true. It's true. Like when you work with kids, you got to see, I watch like, I mean, I have a daughter, but like, so like watching frozen and frozen Two. And stuff like I'm watching all of them, but then I like, you know, with the kids that I'm working with, I'm just like, yeah, it's like that scene from Frozen 2, and they're like, how the fuck? So, like, it's, it's nice to have that correlation. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, Kev. Like, you no know one else have punk. You're trying, you're trying to like explain <laughs> something to the kids, and, you know, like whether it's music or whether it's English or whether it's history, and they don't freaking get it. And then yeah. you and then you gave them like the Disney or the trolls analogy, and they're like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks, Mr. Hunt, I got you now. So, so yeah, so like it's like when Sven can't talk, and they're like, "Oh, Sven, Does that makes sense." Now? <laughs> you see it in so, their faces. <laughs> oh yeah, like immediately, and like I love talking to kids, like especially the boys, and you're just like, it's like Frozen, and then they're like, "I've never seen it," and you're like, "You're such a liar!" Like, yes, you have. Yeah. Seen it. Like, don't lie to me. Like, I know you've seen that movie, and they're like, "No, never saw it." I'm like, yeah, "There's I zero know. poker face in middle school." Yeah, like, seriously. None. Like, there's no need to be embarrassed about watching Frozen or Disney or anything like that. Like, I'll, I watch, like, every Disney movie. I watch the live ones. I'm, like, super into Aladdin right now. Like, the live, live Aladdin. Yet. Oh, I haven't seen it. Will Smith is magical. It's, it's awesome. I, that's all you got to say. I'm in. Will Smith. In. <laughs> Fresh so Prince. You had, me at, yeah. you had me at magical. <laughs> So, like, what is the, uh, if we kind of, we talked a lot about, like, coaching and stuff like that. Like, what's, like, one of those, uh, you know, what's, like, one of your best memories of playing overseas? Like, what's, like, the craziest Um, memory, best memory? Let's see. Best memory would be, um, you know, I hadn't, I never won. I'd won a few cups, you know. I won a cup in Portugal my second year out, uh, which was pretty cool. After I I played in the CBA, Mm -hmm. which... um, I played for the version of the Flint Tropics where you have to, where uh, I have to wrestle a bear at halftime to get more <laughs> ticket sales. <laughs> like, uh, my grandma walked across half court um, in one of my games in the CBA to tell me not to foul, which I thought was great. No, they just like ushered her back. Yeah, there's seat. like it's just like whatever, cool. Yeah, they're like that's fine. Trevor's wrestling a bear at halftime. <laughs> fine. Um, so yeah, then the, uh, best, and then, um, I won that cup in Portugal and then I went to Belgium, had some good years, you know, had some good individual accolades, you know, mm-hmm. uh, runner up MVP coaches, MVP. Um, but like that was cool and all, but all I ever wanted to do was win like a national champ, you know, win like the domestic championship of, of the country I, in the league I was playing in. And that did not happen till, um, basically I was 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, in France, and I was one of three Americans playing in Pro B. 
you know, so there's, it's not the highest level, but at the same time, you're still playing against three other Americans on the other team with your, yeah. with your import players. So it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's, and there's a lot of teams in pro B that are trying to go up to pro A. So they have these big, you know, big contracts for the import players. So, you know, I was making, I don't know, 90 to a hundred thousand, something like that. And mm-hmm. I was not the highest paid. I wasn't even close to the highest paid American in, in pro B on yeah. some of these other clubs that were, had bigger budgets. So I just remember being like, wow, we have a really good team. We got a chance to win it. And uh, we lost our shooting guard to an Achilles injury in November. We hadn't lost yet. We were blowing teams out like 120 to 80. Like we were scoring. We were like the Warriors. We were putting up huge numbers. We lose our Amer- uh, French-American shooting guard who played at Georgia Tech, and we just kind of kind of slowed us down. We went. We lost a few. Our coach got fired. So now going into the playoffs, we essentially got our – he came back from an Achilles in November and played – in June. Wow. And, uh, just kind of, you know, even though he wasn't a hundred percent, it just buoyed us. And, and, uh, so yeah, we ended up coming back from like, a, I think we were like a three or four seed and we just got to the championship, won the championship. And, um, that was like pure ecstasy for me. That mm-hmm. moment where you're like, Oh, I can finally <laughs> release. It's like the, best, you know, experience I think I ever had as a, as a pro athlete, um, much like getting to the, you know, like getting to the NCAA tournament and as a mid major felt really yeah. awesome. Like, I don't think anything could have beaten that feeling until I won that kind of French national championship. Um, that would have been the best, the craziest. Is it like sans women? I mean, is this just on the court? Probably no. Like I, anything goes. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> I always say like, it's like you played in cool countries. Like I, I, I played in Australia, which was like, and everything I always talk about Australia was cool. Like New Zealand was cool, but there's like some a few crazy things, like fucking swimming, like all the crazy things that could kill you. But like, my craziest stories are like of the shittiest situations. So like, I played <laughs> in a lot of shitty situations, but they made the best stories. So yeah, I feel like you, drama. yeah, you had like, yeah, the I had so much drama, like the less, you know, the countries you play in that have the less drama, it's like almost hard to kind of come up with like crazy stories. It's like comes down to like, oh, well, like, you know, this girl and this other girl. And you're like, oh, this is a cool story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I only have like uh, stuff that management has done to me, stories, you know. Yeah. Um, Once I know Stend, who's a Champions League team. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I got, I blew out my hamstring and, uh, we were, we lost, like, I, I was basically taken there to try to win the championship after my, I went from Alst, Okapi Alst to Ostend and everybody, the drama of like Belgium, it's a small league. So everybody knows, like they knew I had signed in Ostend, like while I was still playing in Alst and they printed up dollar bills with my face in the middle because I left for more money. And we played each other in the playoffs and they were throwing these dollar, my face on these dollar bills, oh, like up in the air and yell and the, and the, and the um, general manager was on one side and our faces were, you know, like it was just, I was like, what the fuck? what is going on? Like, this is insane. Like they can't, they shouldn't be able to do this. And like um, the, the owner of Ostend was in, in politics. Like he was like literally like Clinton in okay. Belgium. Nice. And he would, and he loved basketball and he had tons of, you know, he had a lot of money. So he was just, he just bought, he basically stole me and two other players off that team, same team bought us, you know, basically gave us some new contracts and we left. And, and then I remember that that next season we were there and we started losing when I got hurt, he walks in and he goes, everybody, I just cut your salaries by half this month start winning and i was like what i I was like uh since i'm injured that doesn't apply to me right and he was like no trevor you're fine but everybody else and i I was just thinking like oh my god that first of all that was a dick move on my part but i i was not losing my money hell no you know get your shit together guys like you know like start winning but that was like to me that was just shows you and belgium is a very respectable government yeah you know you think about other countries like Greece and Serbia, you know, I don't know, yeah. all, all the countries, 
Poland. Like I got a uh, fake check in Poland. You know, oh, they gave me a fake check. I, I like, got what? yeah. I got. They told us that they were gonna sign us, and you know we went in there, and then they were like brought us in they like kept on teasing us with money like being like oh yeah the money's coming in the money's coming and then finally they brought us in they're like we can't afford you and then they kept doing that that year with like all imports like they just would bring two in for like a month or two and then release them and a month or two and release them so they're like 10 guys ended up playing for uh poland that year american just because they were yeah. like, fucking around the whole year i was like whatever I was actually first. not a bad strategy. Just bring no, guys for tryouts and never pay them. Yeah, like, like the smartest thing it. ever. <laughs> Imagine if the NBA ran like that. Oh man, it's like, so. And I think that's what people don't understand about overseas. They're like, oh, guaranteed contract. Like that shit doesn't exist overseas. Like that's no. You're just like you did tomorrow. They can be like you can be score fifty and they'll be like we're done. Like all right. Yeah. We 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 thought you were a playmaker. <laughs> Well, I got I got I got fired in Venezuela once. Uh, that was a cool story. I was oh. playing with um, the uh, in Caracas, Venezuela. Which mm-hmm. have you? I, I don't think any, not many Americans have been to Venezuela, mostly because it's the, you should not go. <laughs> but of course, I was like, I'll be fine, mom. <laughs> Watch my dog. So I get I get over to Venezuela, Caracas, and I'm like immediately enamored with every single Venezuelan woman. Like, I don't even, like, I was just, they're the most beautiful uh, women in the world. Any male listeners out there, if you can sneak into Venezuela. Um, but the, uh, I played two games. I played good. First game, I had 18 and like seven. Second game, 14 and six, you know, not great. I think we lost. Um, and the third game, I think we won. Next practice, um, oh, God, I'm going to forget his name. Remember Arizona, Miles Simon, and, uh, oh, Khalid Reeves? Khalid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that his name, Khalid Reeves? I think it's something like that. And he, and he like, literally, when I watched that Arizona team, he was, like, my, when I was, like, oh, my God, I want to play like those guys. <laughs> like, Damon Stoudemire, Khalid Reeves, you got Miles Simon. Like, and all of a sudden, he's at practice, and I look over, I'm, like, cool. hey, it's great to have you on our team, man. And he's, like, yeah. And I was like, well, all right, that guy's a dick. You know, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> and then like the next, the next game, I'm, you know, I come into the locker room and the, and the president is there and he hands me a manila envelope and he's like, thanks. And I was like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, you're, you're not playing today. Here's your, here's your money. He handed me a manila envelope, 10,000 cash. He had like 10 bodyguards. They escorted me out <laughs> and I was basically like, just out, you know, like he's like, "Yep, well, you got your ticket. You can you can leave when you want." Um, you know, thanks. And then Khalid, yeah, Khalid basically replaced me, and wow. I practiced with him for like a week. And uh, it was, that not was knowing that. childhood, yeah, not knowing. <laughs> like my naive ass was like, "Oh man, this is so cool! I got a great little two guard." No, he he took over. Um, but that was fun because then I got to travel around Venezuela. Yeah, uh, I took I took a bus all over Venezuela. I went to all the beaches, secluded beaches. Awesome. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff I think is what most, a lot of fucking pro basketball players, they don't do anything, yeah. you know, they don't go out and like see the world adventure, you know, get in, get into like, get into the culture more, you know, most, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think early on in my career, I played video games, yeah. got on my computer. Yeah. It was like, well, like had my blinders on, yeah. but by the end, you know, coming back to America, I miss so much of that culture and that character. And like, everything has a story. You can walk into a church and read about the friars and the, you know, the history of the people that started that village in 1492. You're like that, that stuff, you know, you miss, especially when you come back to Michigan, when you just have strip mall after strip mall. And I'm just like, (laughs) how many, how many strip malls do we have to have to be a society here? Yeah. Where's the history? It's yeah, crazy. where's the history, America? Yeah, come on, people. But you know, it's it is what it is, and I think there's a lot of you know a lot of great. I mean, Americans. Well, well, let's. I don't know if we want to open that can of worms. What <laughs> everything's going on around now for sure. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to tune in uh, next time. We should do this. We should you know pop on each other's a lot, or just trying to like combine stuff sometimes and just yeah. interview same people. This is fun. 
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That hour flew by. It did. That's what I like. Like sometimes you just go and like, there's been times when I've interviewed people I had, when we're doing this, like I did this not on overseas basketball a while back Mm -hmm. and we did it just on all sports and we had Prince Fielder's mom. So like Cecil Fielder's Uh (laughs) ex-wife and it was the most boring interview of like all time. Like there was no, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, and she would just like go on these tangents and I'd be like, oh my God. And I was like sweating. I was like, what? Like uh, this has to end, and I was like, "This is just so painful." And then finally, you know, it was it was it was torture. But these, like, I love the interviews where you're just like, "Holy shit!" An hour just went by. Like, I we needed like talk. We need to do yeah. this again so we can just like talk yeah, for another sure, man. three hours. Awesome. Anytime, Trevor. anytime. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I look forward to having you on my podcast. Absolutely. Well, ask. I don't know. I have two podcasts. I don't know which one I like more. One, <laughs> I have one. One, I have a producer, much like Jonathan. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he's from Canada, so we we I automatically like give him like Canadian jo- American Canadian jokes about how they're like, are you know <laughs> anything that I can do to rip on him? But he's he's great because he finds like I interviewed Jarvis Green from the Patriots. Oh, I, you know, awesome. like all these really interesting names that you know like i don't know anything about these people so then you you know you dig into their story a little bit but yeah uh, it's fun i i really like i like the podcast they're fun just because the hour goes by you know you're in the you're in the moment you know so well thanks for having me guys well thanks trevor we appreciate it and we yeah we will uh talk to you soon all right let me know when you need me to help or you know i'll I'll throw it out to my 100 fans and hopefully they'll just eat it up (laughs) same like you know our 90 <laughs> fans will so between the two of us we'll, we'll get the market cornered on the overseas stuff Hopefully. my mom's definitely going to call about my crack addiction she's going to be like what <laughs> i can edit that out <laughs> yeah no please don't i'm going to email it that's why people are actually going to tune in that's the stuff they want to hear about that shit yeah. <laughs> awesome yeah, did well, you, hey by the way did you ever play with a guy that had a drug addiction in overseas? Well, so drug addiction, are you talking like real drugs or like weed? Because I played with like a ton of people who not had weed. like weed. Not yeah. weed, no. Weed is like coffee. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I said. I was like, yeah, I played Those with guys. like a lot of guys who, who smoked a ton of weed. Uh, n- I don't think I ever played with a guy who had like, I had to play with a guy who had a really bad alcoholic problem and he used to like stay up all night drinking for like and just drink during you know just drink during throughout the day i've never experienced anything like that before yeah. but that never like drugs like hardcore <laughs> I, I don't know why i wanted to finish with that i just thought that was <laughs> and we'll end really with that <laughs> all right so, so thank you so much trevor for joining us uh thanks john for uh producing again and uh yeah matchup zone um yeah, talking overseas podcast or fucking what am I saying? Talking overseas basketball and uh, trees falling on our house like the Wizard of Oz. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Later. Later. All right, man. See you guys. All right, see you, Chris. I'm with Marla G, bro, flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows, and I want to tell you something. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.